You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. As you can tell, uh, my voice is about to die. <laughs> oh, no. He's not going to make it, people. A combination of my son coughing into my face oh, and uh, going to a concert last night. Uh, and screaming your head off, singing I, all the songs. Yeah, well, we weren't singing so much as like trying to talk to each other. Oh. But yeah, yeah, Silver Bullet. Oh, smoky voice, Jordan. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I apologize, um, but you know, we'll, we'll 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 soldier on, and you, the listener, can choose to listen or not. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to go way over my normal volume because that way, if they're turning it up to hear you, that don't come back bombastic. <laughs> Um, but yes, today. hello. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. How are you today, this fine I'm April great. 30th? It's almost more than like the silent PH in the middle. Now it's like the silent voice in the person. So it's like, uh, <laughs> it's very, very It's uh, Jordan, the, the entity that has taken over Jordan it's is right. now... Yeah, the Stranger Things, the Vecna of Jordan, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Did well, you hear that? Wondering. Vecna is in Stranger Things. Did we talk about that? I did. I think we did. We did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> and I can't wait. And I think I got to look up the date for when that starts because it's going to be really good. Who do you think it is? Do you think it's, uh, do you think it's the Mind Flare plus one of the human characters? And I was wondering if it was the villain from season three, the like... The jerk boy that yeah the really crazy kind the, of rocker yeah dude, yeah super the, the lifeguard kid California rocker guy yeah, yeah or yeah. is it the original doctor from season one? Oh, that could be good too. I think there's so many of them, and I think on purpose they made us think it could be a couple of them, and I'm hoping they did that to throw us off the scent, and it's not obvious because it could also be you know one of our main characters who's had the problems with stuff inside him. He's been in the under, you know, the, the upside down, uh, under, yeah. upside down way too many times. So anything could have happened to him, you know, there's millions of different times. So I think it could be any of those. I guess it does look more of like an adult. And I guess they're so kids, teenagers, almost college kids at this point. I'm waiting to well, see how the many years have look gone by. The, yeah. From my understanding, so yeah, I'm waiting to see how that's gonna kind of track out. But um, yeah, it could be the original Doctor would be a good one. Netflix uh, is leaving, uh, or people are leaving Netflix in troves. Oh, and so uh, their, sub their subscriptions have gone down, I guess, and <laughs> investors are freaking out. Um, oh. Money? Who cares about money? Everybody, I yeah. guess. But uh, they split the season up into two, and I think that was to get people hooked on the first half of season four and then to play the latter half of season four. So, yeah, I do think there's something to, there was this big, totally off tabletop RPG games, but I think it's a cool thing to talk about real quick is that I felt like we went through a phase where they dropping all episodes at once was really cool like towards the beginning of the pandemic or even just before it was kind of popular. And then you could really just binge watch the, it was like the, the couple years of binge watching, but then I think they only did it for a couple years. And then they, one great show came out where it was only once a week. And then they reminded themselves that sometimes if you savor one episode a week and then you're forced to wait a little bit too, 
it can sometimes also be an enjoyable experience waiting for that next one and all the talk that can go on and speculation and the community building that can happen because you're waiting and anticipating what might happen in the next episode. So it feels like the, the pendulum has swung back again to say, oh, let's slow play release stuff. Let's slow it out there and not do as much as the binge stuff. Um, I guess I like both styles for different reasons and I'm fine, I guess, with either. Um, but it is interesting that how it's going back and forth, right? It's just like this. Yeah, it's it's a total, it's a personal preference, I guess, too. Yeah. Um, usually when I sit down, I only watch like one or two episodes of a show, even if I have all of it available. Mm-hmm. Um, my bin-watching wa- bin days of anime for eight hours straight are gone. Uh, <laughs> but it would be interesting from a business perspective, I think that um, releasing it, maybe daily i'm not sure kind of depends on the series too right like yeah. if if it's a if it's got good cliffhangers to wait a week but with disney i mean when they were doing loki and i loved yeah. that it was every week and i was so waiting for the next one and then mm-hmm. right after loki finished we got uh one of the marvel movies that came out spider-man i think no way home mm-hmm. and so it was like this kind of fun setup into that and now we're doing the same thing with Moon Knight, where the final episode of Moon Knight's going to happen, and then Doctor Strange comes out like four days later, mm-hmm. and it's almost a, it's almost like the show is just a setup to go see the movie, <laughs> like in a way. But the yeah, show's yeah. really good. I'm enjoying. Moon I don't Knight, even think so. like in a way. I think they're purposely doing a lot. Oh of that yeah. Stuff. Yeah yeah. Well, sure. like, it, but what I'm trying to say is, it yeah. almost feels like in the grand scheme, Moon Knight doesn't matter because it's really just an advertisement setup uh. for that yeah. but that is not what i think so yeah, yeah yeah i hear you i hear you um that was and and it leads back into the very first thing i was going to say in the big top of the thing is when jordan joined we were in our pre-show and i thought boy he, his energy looks low but he hasn't really said anything so i'll just i'll leave him alone because i'm thinking doesn't he know the doctor strange movies like next week his favorite yeah. marvel character the most exciting character for jordan ever and in his energy's low like he should be ramped up and now i know why you were sick and you went to a concert and not feeling well not because <laughs> i, I expected like crazy yeah, yeah i always feel like i have to tell people like no i took a test so i didn't just like yeah. blindly go to a concert but it, i think yeah. yeah i think just like being out late and stuff uh mm-hmm. and my throat is just hurt um well, I... doctor strange is my favorite marvel character yes. <laughs> and i have to go to a next wedding week. next week so oh, I yeah. can't actually go and see it. Oh, and so I have to like, I need to rip the battery out of my phone and stay <laughs> off the internet because I, I have to, I have to go see it. I yeah. might just go by myself like Saturday night. I don't know. <laughs> and you have to see it pure. You don't want anybody else's. To, I've been specifically your... staying away from trailers because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would know I, I will enjoy it. it. I know yeah. that I will enjoy it. I want to go in and just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, one of, one surprised. of my great regrets is seeing the trailers for Thor 2, no, Thor 3, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Ragnarok. Because in the trailers, they showed that uh, the Hulk comes bursting out, and he's like, yeah. and it's like, oh, could you imagine the reveal if you didn't know that that was going to be the Hulk? That would have been yep. so cool. So, But yeah. they wanted to advertise that that's going to draw people in. It's like, oh, the Hulk's in this movie. I better go see it. Mm-hmm. So, It in some ways I do also try to stay away from uh, trailers quite a bit. And the one that taught me that way back in the day was the original matrix. Uh, I was going, I was just going on a, in an afternoon 
to the theater. I had not seen a single thing. I didn't even know the name of it. Didn't know it was in the movie theater. Didn't know nothing. And I had had a half day off of work. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to drive by the theater and see if there's a movie that I could watch just midday and just, you know, spend my couple of days, have some popcorn and just enjoy it. And I was hardly anybody in there. And I saw it says the Matrix. And the only thing in my mind is I was a computer nerd and an IT person. I thought, oh, Matrix, that sounds IT. That sounds sci-fi. Maybe I'll go see it. Because all it was was the green lettering, right? Yeah. And I get in there. Can you imagine not knowing anything about that movie? And you go in and you're with Neo and the reveals and everything. that ha- I mean, it, I walked out of that and I immediately bought another ticket, went back in and watched it again. It was so good. And it had surprised me so much. And then... After then, I would kind of curse trailers for showing me good parts. And I, yeah, I know you want to get me like into your theater to see it, but stop showing me all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Trailers are good when I don't know anything about the movie, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that's all, a that's trailer. a whole conversation. Like are trailers spoiling too much? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. You know, let but. me bring it back to our show now. Okay. I am so worried about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I think I want a trailer because I want to kind of know. I need to see something. <laughs> I need, yeah. I need, I'm, I'm super worried. Like, so I'm... I've been thinking about the dun- – I like movies a lot. Um, yeah. I mean before role-playing games, before all of that, like I've, I've, oh, I've yeah, always been in movies. Right. I wanted to make movies. So I, th- I still follow the movie circuit like big time or the, the movie – I don't know. Like we're in the Earth sphere because we're in the tabletop yeah. RPG sphere. I'm in the movie sphere as yeah. well. And a lot of the tabletop RPG sphere are just like, oh man, like they they finished shooting like a year and a half ago. Like why don't they have any footage? Why don't they have this? And I'm like, because there are other movies being made and they're making sure that they hire industrial light and magic to do like effects, but industrial light and Mac- magic is like, okay, we'll put you on this schedule yeah. because we've got all Two these other out. movies that we're doing. <laughs> and so, yes, the footage is shot, but they don't have the, like there's other people, other hands that are trying to make this work and money talks, but you can't just like money your way to other movies, not getting done on time. Yeah. And uh, Ted was really upset at the D and D direct that they didn't have a trailer. And I'm like, well, in, in my mind, I'm like, first of all, Paramount's running the show. Hasbro isn't even an investor. And then I had to eat my words because I went and looked at it. And Hasbro is 100% a producer on the movie. So they have a very direct say in what happens. But you look at the Paramount side, there's all these like special effects companies working on it and stuff like that. Um, and when they know that the release date is 2023, they're not in a rush. They're like, we'll build yeah. hype, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that being said, I do have some news about that because uh, Paramount had a, like, Paramount Direct kind of thing, I guess. Or maybe it was just for board members. But mm-hmm. they showed seven seconds of the movie. And it had a blue dragon flying around, like a giant blue dragon. It's set in uh there were like buildings exploding they think it's going to be like the new jumanji movies where i saw that the kids the will be playing and then it'll flash into chris pine is like uh, one of the character one of the kid characters so cool. i don't i don't know if it's like getting sucked into the game like jumanji style or if it's um i should say jumanji the the new one with mr mr johnson yeah. uh but 
or if it's going to be like them playing at the table and then when they flash into the game it's actually like chris pine and uh rodriguez and what have you so well that's the that's the cool story i think that's the story i would want to do if i did the dungeons and dragons movie was kind of the cartoon teenagers kids somehow tumble into the world of dungeons and dragons and they're you know they're they're the characters see i wanted it to be more (laughs) yeah and that's a great that's a great approach i'm not like poo-pooing your idea and i think that's i think that's the direction they're going but i really wanted it to be uh stranger things more like where they showed the kids playing but then they uh no like like the lego movie did you ever see the lego movie yeah yeah, okay where like the lego movie has really high stakes within the lego universe but then you realize that it is just a kid playing and getting out his like frustrations with his dad and things like that and so or princess bride yeah princess bride's a good one so uh we'll see i think they even hinted that it has princess vibe princess vibe it has princess bride vibes uh in a in an interview with chris pine so I don't know. Everyone's like, all the other movies have been so bad. And I'm like, because they were made by bad movie studios. Like, those <laughs> studios didn't make yes. good movies. They just yes. made movies that they they owned the license for D&D. They knew people would buy it solely on the name of D&D. And so this is, like, a really good step. They have really good writer-director. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, and what those other co- what that other company did and those other movies did, they eroded our trust in, their, in the possibility of getting something pretty good. So that might mean that when we do get something good, we're really going to love it, which could be, you know, could be good. I'm hoping, you know, it's, yes. our, it's our main hobby. It's a thing that I would love to see done well and not done in a way that we just get teased more about being Dungeons and Dragons players. Right? No, or, no. Oh, this you, is you basement dwelling Dungeons and Dragons. Players, this is the, you know? the first major step into turning D and D into a lifestyle brand, which is what uh, Hasbro wants, which Wizards yeah. of the Coast wants. Makes sense. So if you notice, like it's Dungeons and Dragons, uh, honor among thieves, we're going to have a kajillion of these and it's going to be Dungeons and Dragons, the wizards of like yes. blah, blah, blah. And we're going to have entirely new characters, maybe some returning, like who knows, but it, they, they want to build a whole um, movie franchise exactly yeah. like Disney, exactly like Marvel, I should say. Yeah. And if you have this <laughs> wizards of Waverly place, thank you. Thank you, Steven. <laughs> uh, but if you have this world, this established canonical world, you can tell a story here, tell a story here, tell a story here, and then build up to Avengers. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're like, we have a spell plague. What's multiverse? Now we have an Eberron movie. Like, I don't know. They're going to – that's what they want, I think, very, very much so. They want to create um, a Marvel Cinematic Universe a Dungeons and Dragons cinematic universe. And it's going to start in Forgotten Realms because that's what they own and know. So, Well, you hear here first, so that's confirmed. They're building up to a Dungeons and Dragons Spelljammer movie. That's what they want. <laughs> that Yeah, they would. That's what they want, you know. And with special effects nowadays, they could totally do it. Like, thinking about doing something this epic, kind of the same with superhero movies. Like, they never really worked out before computer graphics and now computer graphics are so good that like you have really good uh guardians of the galaxy movies oh that was another rumor i heard is they said it looks very much like dungeons and dragons guardians of the galaxy it's going to be a bunch of misfit people trying to work together and like 
a little good, a little bad, a little in between, like, so. Crazy. Yeah. But let's talk about some tabletop stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get into some Dungeons and Dragons. Um, we don't have a lot of news because we just got a bunch of stuff uh, a couple weeks ago. Last well, week. last week we really, yeah. yeah, I mean, we laid it all out there and there was a ton, really. So, But Spelljammers confirmed combination confirmed. of, oh, so a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people were getting confused because they're like, what's wild space? And uh, what's the astral sea? And what is the phlogiston? That word keeps floating around too. Because that was the old. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, um, all of the all of the solar systems within the spelljammer setting are these giant crystal. They're like eggs. They're like these weird circle. Sometimes they're spheres, but sometimes they're like oblong. And they're called crystal spheres. And they bob in this really flammable uh, mist called the phlogiston that is completely cut off from other planes. Like if you take a bag of holding into the phlogiston, uh, it becomes a regular bag. Like your demiplane in the bag of holding is completely inaccessible until you go back to uh, regular space. And this was the... Are known kind of canon before this is we get to five yeah. e advanced right? so Dungeons before we get to five e yep. this is the canon that everybody who would have been playing it or had read about it you're, that's what you're giving us yep, correct keep going. so when they say wild space what they really just mean is regular space like mm-hmm. the space between planets is called mm-hmm. wild space and it's like the space between here and a star the space between whatever like that is wild space it's airless it's just I don't know why they decided to name it wild space, but it is just regular space. Um, Flash forward to fourth edition and they rebuilt the cosmology um, and turned the astral plane into an astral sea where it was uh, it. You, you could go there and you could go below the quote water and you could still breathe. So, it, but there was like a, a line and you would sail the astral sea and you had ships that sailed um, from what we're getting from Wizards of the Coast and a lot of like Chris Perkins answered a couple of questions. They're, they're going to combine Spelljammer and this astral sea concept and get rid of the phlogiston. Like we don't need this weird flammable mist. Flammable What's going to happen is I think it's going to be a gradual change. You don't hit a wall anymore. You don't hit a crystal <laughs> shell like <laughs> that you have to punch a hole through. You're going to get to the edge of wild space and it's going to slowly bleed into an ocean. And then you sail that ocean for a while and that ocean will take you to other places, uh, <laughs> other realms, uh, which makes me think that they are going to combine a I think a later product will also be Planescape and it will be added on to this. Mm-hmm. So for traditionally you would go into the Astral Sea to go to like the plane of Mechanus or uh all of the other like uh the Abyss or something. Like you could go to planner travel that way. And it sounds like they're they're wanting to combine Spelljammer and Planescape into one thing. So if I go far enough from a galaxy into the Astral Sea then I can hypothetically sail to Kryn or I could sail to the abyss. Like, so yeah. that's my, take. I like that idea too, because if you're going to do ship design, 
I like the idea that it's a ship that moves in space, so it can really have any shape that it wants. But if you say at some point when it tries to transition, it's going to make those long distances, it, it has this sea that it has to navigate in the ship's shape might help how yeah. it navigates that piece then you start to get like more nuanced on oh why these ships might look the way they are mm-hmm. how they might be built and then you can start thinking okay well how do the how does this group tackle that how does that how did the gith decide to do their ships and handle the mm-hmm. the astral sea part of it and what did theirs look like so i like the idea that that could push it back into still being almost wooden magical ships that or at least in those shapes those those traditional kind of ship shapes that we recognize as something that tries to float on the ocean using buoyancy and and you know ballast and all that kind of cool stuff and i'm a, obviously yeah. i was in the navy so that's a big thing so i love the idea that there's something that makes that it's not just a cube moving through you know it's not the board cube oh well, that but maybe it will be cool. you know maybe, uh, maybe there will be <laughs> a mechanist cube that runs around yeah. taking over um yeah, no, and and with a helm, which is the magical chair that you, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the magical captain's chair that's the pilot chair. You can attach that to any ship, and so that's why another reason is is because like I'm a wizard, I have a helm, but I I don't have a ship. I don't know how to make a ship. So you go and buy like a regular sailing ship and turn it into this. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm curious about the air mechanics, and I think a lot of the lore will go away. Uh, like, like specifically the the gnomes having military bases on various moons. Maybe not. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Uh, but I'm I'm really excited. I think this is the next logical step because people are getting very, um, people are getting very tired of the Forgotten Realms, yeah. and I think they they desperately needed to have a new way to tell s- stories. Or and so. I, I, I would amend just a bit, see if you agree with me. I think they're getting bored of the Sword Coast. I think they'd be happy to see other parts of the fans, Forgotten Realms yes. we haven't heard of. Yes. But I think we're all kind of, we're like, okay, we've got a good rundown of Sword Coast. I can run stuff in Sword Coast. I've got lots of materials I can pull from. I can use what I need. Mm-hmm. But I don't have other stuff anywhere else. Give me some other stuff that I can and use. Yeah, and you're right. And it's funny because I think about a lot of the adventures and um you know dungeon of the mad mage could really go anywhere it's not really sword coasty yep, yep. and descent into avernus goes into avernus and uh mm-hmm. the tomb of annihilation is 99 percent in chult mm-hmm. so i don't know but uh but you're right i would love to see like a red wizard campaign set in yeah. Thay and stuff so i i am personally not tired of the realms but that's me yeah. so yeah but i think a lot of people are yeah, just like I don't want another Sword Coast beginning adventure. Like, can we go somewhere mm-hmm. else? You know. So here's another big thought for you. I'm gonna throw another one at you. It wasn't in the notes, so prepare. I feel I'm a trained like improvise. These I am a trained improviser. Uh, I feel like this has changed my opinion in one way. The release that we got all of uh, last week. I think I'm leaning now more that we're getting Dungeons and Dragons 5.5 and I'm leaning further and further away that we're very close to Dungeons and Dragons 6. As I as before that I think I had that flipped. I really thought maybe maybe they are going to announce a new version here and really put a capstone on this one and say okay, we're ready to shoot off into the next one. But now I don't know what the stuff they've been releasing and the and the things that that it looks like it's setting up for future stuff to do. 
this feels more like the 0.5 increment to me and not the change of the full system. How has your opinion been? Has it changed with any of the announcement or has it reinforced what your opinion was? Yeah, I I don't Yeah, I I agree. I specifically because they said that it's going to be backwards compatible. And I think mm -hmm. it's going to be backwards compatible in the way that it really isn't a different game, but mm -hmm. to players they'll be able to sell a new player's handbook does that make sense like yeah it'll have the revised ranger in it it'll have maybe some other things and it'll be like maybe maybe more subclasses from some of the uh expansions that we got later on you know the artificer mm -hmm. will be officially in the player's handbook probably like that things like that yeah. uh i wouldn't be surprised so I am wondering if we're going to get a new class with Spelljammer because of, like, psychic stuff. I'm like, are you oh. going to actually introduce a psychic class? We haven't seen any yeah. playtests for that, but um, that is also something I think you would keep really on the DL. So not necessarily with this Spelljammer release, but, like, the the 5.5 that we keep talking about. Are you going to add a psychic class finally? So that'd be cool. And that'd be a reason to really incrementally change. Cause if you do finally bring psionics into the new version, that's a, that's a big thing to kind of hang. This is why we're doing 5.5. Cause this is a, this is a big shift from what we have done. Yeah. That could be interesting. I could see that. So very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about the spell jammer. Um, just all of it really. I like that. It's a slip case. I can't wait to read all the different stuff. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of, adventures there'll be a lot of dms guild adventures probably out there you can get i think a lot of third-party companies will jump on that that bandwagon a little bit as it gets released so but that's like that's a little bit in the future we got a book coming up here pretty quick and we've got um oh and there was a ua survey out did you fill out your survey this week i did not but i was rereading the heroes of crin revisited that's what it was for mm -hmm. Um, I'll be honest. I've never filled out a survey. <laughs> oh, like no. I, I just don't think about it, I guess. But, um, <laughs> the, I, I'm trying to find the differences. I think they were subtle. Do you know the differences between the first one I and the revised? But, um, I didn't read them close enough to see the difference, but I feel like they were talking. Jeremy was talking about it. There's a video on D and D if you want to see where he talks about what they kind of went back and did because yeah. they'd gotten feedback and they were starting to incorporate some of that feedback uh, already. Yeah. And I, I like it. The, the, at least the new one, as I was going through it this morning, kind of like reacquainting myself with it. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're going to get a background that actually gives you feats. So it's not like backgrounds have always kind of been flavor. And you're like, I was a pirate, so I'm good at, like, navigating waterships, and I have, uh, like, I don't know, proficiency in survival. And then yeah. you proceed to go into a dungeon and never use those ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really was all about flavor. And I like flavor. I like building custom-themed characters, and I think that's a lot of fun. This is turning it into a very mechanical thing. So it's like, okay, you're going to take this background that background's going to give you this bonus feat at level one, and then you'll get another feat for free at level four. Mm -hmm. And so because of that background, it's like, well, I've, I've trained more as a knight, so I, I get, you know, this uh, mounted combatant uh, feat or something, which yeah. I was kind of already doing in games. 
Um, you know, it's like if it made sense that they were like, no, like you trained like this, I'm going to give you that feat or something. Like I never really saw, uh, I guess, I guess I was ahead of the curve is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Like oh, okay. wizards of the coast, hire me. <laughs> I'll, I'll be your gotcha. smoky voice podcaster. It'll be great. Um, so, and that's what I'm seeing here is like, you take mm -hmm. this and you get your skill proficiencies and your languages, and then you get like a bonus feat. Um, and there's like a list to choose from, like, here's the feats that kind of like work. And then there are, um, specifically the feats that are tied to Dragonlance, like, uh, divinely favored or adept of the black robes. But this is no less or more powerful than the piety system from Theros, I feel. So a lot of people are talking like, oh, this is going to be, you're growing feats everywhere. And I'm like, well like feats do change the game multi-classing does change the game but also like that piety system <laughs> like you got real powerful like you could yeah. do all kinds of crazy magic as like a uh, a rogue you know like with no magic powers and so mm -hmm. uh because of your divine whatever from your theros gods yeah. yeah i feel like it's the one mechanic that allows diversity in the means of if there's five of us at the table and we all picked wizard. Yeah. The one thing that's going to make us a little bit different is the school we choose. But even then the difference is are there, but they might not be as big as you may think. But when people started selecting feats or they would multi-class into a second place, there you would see some drastic differences between your wizard, my wizard and their wizard. Right? So I, I really always, and I think that's maybe my guess why they would want to expand that and be able to give options because then characters could be really further fine-tuned. I'm not just a wizard. I'm not just a wizard of the evocation school. Boom. Here's my set of feats. This makes me totally different than this other person who's doing some other things. Maybe they even had the same subclass at that point, but they could be a very yeah. different flavor at that point. But I do think it's interesting because in my mind, and I don't know, if it was the way they thought of it or not, but I always thought backgrounds were what you did before you became an adventurer and you stopped doing that stuff. You left that behind. If, if you wanted to continue doing that, you would have continued doing that. You wouldn't be an adventurer, but at some point in the, I'm done with this background and I'm moving to an adventure. So that's why I always thought you had like a set of skills that may not correspond to how you adventure now, but they, make a link between what you were and what you what you are and sometimes it might help you right yeah They're, oh you could climb a rope really well because you were in the circus back in the day but now you're an adventurer and juggling doesn't do anything for you <laughs> typically as an adventure but maybe just maybe somewhere it'll pop up and that thing will work but it's really not thing you use very often anymore so to me that's how i always thought i always thought backgrounds were the Tell me what I was. Uh -huh. Give me give me some stuff that I could have used or maybe I can somehow creatively use, but it's not super useful. And now I'm building my where I'm going into the future. But I could see how they could change it. I mean, I can yeah. see the reason to change well, it. Well, I'm going to I'm going to back up yeah, like yeah. I mean, a lot of us start games at level 5 or 3 now. Yeah. And so true. the background isn't so much like who were you before you became an adventurer, but like this is the path that has taken you to the present right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was a street urchin and then I did this and, and then I did that. But like, maybe when I left my street urchin life, 
I was level three. Like, we don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. uh, that's the tricky, like, combining levels into experience. Uh, and I say experience in the sense of, like, a, a character who has gone through some <laughs> experiences. Right. Um, I also think the reason that they're doing this, because it would be very easy to just say, okay, new optional rule. You get everyone gets a free feat at first level and at fourth level. Take whatever you want. But this way, uh, it's tying in for new players. So a new player will be like, I don't know what to do. It's like, well, why don't you be a rogue? And you're like, okay, I'll be a rogue. And then you like look at backgrounds. You're like, oh, could I be a rogue that like used to be a pirate? Yeah, that's cool. And now that pirate background comes with these free bonuses, these feats. And so mm -hmm. while you're playing, you're like, oh, wait, because I'm a pirate, I can do this. And it's almost like it, it'll feel like a class within a class. Does that make sense? And I think that'll be the appeal to players. Mm -hmm. So if anything, we'll get more feats out of this, like maybe a really cool yeah. feat book or something. Yeah. I don't know. And I think in other games, I've seen it where it's like what you're talking about. It's not something you've left behind, but it's something that still is with you, even yeah. though you're an adventurer. And they call them like a vocation where like you had a job that you still do and can do on your downtime still can be something you're involved with, even though you're going on mm. world saving adventures and you're doing, you know, adventure stuff, you're dungeon delving and you're doing these things, but you still might be a jeweler or you still might be. Yeah. Cause you have that who's a blacksmith yeah. or something, you know, the profession where they, they bring those background and profession together. And then you can just choose. I mean, noble guys. is a great one because like you're, you're yeah. still a noble. You know, you're still or normal, unless yeah. your house is gone or something, but then it's like, well, the tragic. I noble. was a noble, and now it's tragic <laughs> and awesome. So yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so Heroes of Kryn, it's out. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know anything about Kryn. I actually went looking for, uh, Dragonlance novels, and I realized that they're second only to Forgotten Realms novels in the amount of novels. I was like, oh my god. So uh, I might. Try to read one. I'm not Try sure. Some, but yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I uh, heard from a, a few sources that like to read books and go back to stories they read way back that they had a really hard time. Originally read them, but they were younger and it made it worked. Uh -huh. Whereas trying to go back now, it didn't work as well. <laughs> they didn't like the like, book was less enjoyable. The story was, yeah, they don't, the, the nostalgia was not there of yeah. what they remembered it to be, but maybe you'll have a different experience. Uh, when you read it. And who knows, you know, like I, yeah. I, I love Gundam. I, I will yeah. always love Gundam. I think it's so cool. Like Japan loves Gundam. Gundam is popular. <laughs> uh, you know, 13, 14 year old Jordan loved Gundam wing. It was the coolest show. The story so complex, so amazing. <laughs> and then, uh, I rewatched it. Like it was before Oliver was born. So it must've been like 2017 or 2018. I rewatched it and it's awful. And I was like, yeah. I was talking to some of my friends from high school and I'm like, guys, I think we were wrong. Like, this is the worst show. It's poorly written. It makes no sense. These characters are one dimensional. So you're right. That does happen. Like you, and I, and I think a lot of people, Dritz might be the same way. I'm not faulting R.A. Salvatore. I think he's a fine writer, mm -hmm. but like he even says, he's like, I just write fun action scenes. And I'm like, you do. And your characters are very Mary Sue-ish, but that's fine. So thank you, Steve, for uh, Steve Zirk for the $5 donation. Steve. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, uh, 
super yeah i don't know <laughs> so that that is a thing uh i'm reading i'm still reading a Dragonlance novel i keep getting or Dragonlance, an eberron novel i keep getting tied away from it but uh that one's pretty good i'm really enjoying that is helping helping else? me understand the world more i was going to read a spelljammer oh, novel yeah. too to help me understand like how do, how do i have a spelljammer game but i heard those novels are terrible um, and there are some Spelljammer comic books that came out that are that are way a much better read with the same characters. So this must be if it's Eberron, is it Keith Baker or are there other people writing Eberron stories? Do yeah, you know if there's other novels out. Yeah. So the one I am reading is a Keith Baker novel. It's book okay. one of the Dreaming Dark series. Mm-hmm. And I think it's called City of S- the City by the Spire or something. It's, it takes place in um, the city of spires uh that i can't think of the name of now uh anyway the big city in sharn thank you sharn so it takes place in sharn um everon fans in the, in the <laughs> they're all like say it, say it. <laughs> uh he wrote it um but this was also back when wizards of the coast was a book publisher and they were actively publishing books so they would hire writers and say mm-hmm. you're gonna write a book in this world and they would sit down and write a book. It was They weren't looking for people. They were just looking for writers for hire. So uh, you'll see a lot of the same names. Like I think Troy Denning, he did a bunch of Forgotten Realms one, a couple Eberron ones, a Spelljammer one. Like He's just like, give me some characters. I'll write you a story. And he did. And, mm-hmm. and uh, of that big, like, let's get all of these, R.A. Salvatore's Dritz characters was one of the few that really stuck. Um, that and Elminster, uh, oh, yeah. but that's because Ed Greenwood is the, the father of the Forgotten Realm. Oh, so I feel like they always books. went back to him and they're like, do you want to write another one? He's like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, when I I love what Ed has done with the realms and I love. But mm-hmm. as a writer, I really struggle with his words. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I just this is not gelling with me, but you made a really cool world. Like, I love this world. <laughs> I got a good tie-in for our next um, note there and our next little thing. Have you read Matt Coville's novels? I haven't. You know, uh, a friend of mine read them and said, well, DM Nathan said that they're very good. Very good. I'm a little hesitant to start because now that he's he's popular doing all this other stuff, they're like, well, when's, uh, what's the one he wants to do? Fighter, I think is the third one. It's like a full party and he's done, I think, two or Priest three and, and he's gonna do a fourth yeah they were so good um but he has no plans on finishing them from what right I hear. yeah he's really taking his time for and sure. so it's like uh <laughs> but uh they're good. but i do hear they're very good and i want to read them yeah and i don't feel i've read both i don't feel like they give you that come on colville hurry up with the next one it's more about because i like what you're doing versus i don't know what's happened in the story uh-huh the books are very contained stories. So if you just read the one, it's a contained story and you could walk away from it. There's not a, you know, you're not like, oh no, what's what it's, it's not like um, end game and, you know, oh no, Thanos no, yeah, snap. Yeah. What those cliffhanger books that <laughs> yeah, literally no, that. like, yeah. you're like, yeah, like I like self-contained um, yeah, because yeah. you're right. Like those cliffhanger books, you're, you're literally just reading a 50, 50,000 page book by the end of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. But speaking of that, like I wanted so to read good. Brandon Sanderson too. Yeah. Um, 
And so I have a couple. I got actually got some audiobooks for our drive um, for the wedding that we're going to go to this weekend. Oh. And uh, so next week we'll hear about or the week like, after. Well, yeah, the week after. Yeah, we're off next week, guys. We're both off next both week. Uh, me and Lucian are out of town, <laughs> so we're not going to do it. But um, I I wanted to try out those books, too. And so, uh, you know, I'm in a I'm in a play right now. I have to memorize lines. I don't have a lot of time to read. Like when I do have time to read, I'm usually memorizing lines. Uh, mm-hmm. And so um, I thought a car ride might be a good time to test out audiobooks. So we're going to try that out. Yeah, I like sponsored um, by Audacity. It's not. We're not. No, don't. don't but no. what we would if you. But if you want to. Um, <laughs> so the tie into that then is um, so you should read the Coville books if you can get them at some point or at least put them on your list for some point. Yeah. When you have, when you have an opening. They're on my list. Um, we're at 48 hours, basically, probably actually 47 or 46 by the time we're done with today's show of Flea Mortals, the Kickstarter yeah. for uh, MCDM, which we all love. Um, looks like it's a 1.8 million. We're wondering, he's yeah. wondering if it's going to push up. And he was on Twitter quite a bit last night and in the day before, because at the 2 million mark, They've got a Kickstarter goal to play like the hardest board game ever built or made, or and and apparently like a single turn takes twelve hours. Nobody's ever hours, finished a campaign eight hours. or Nobody's something. Ever, yeah, yes, yeah, like so. It's like this crazy old board game that's this South Af- South Africa or Africa campaign during World War Two kind of thing, and uh, they're gonna play it as on stream and he's they're gonna the play like and he bought it a round gonna, or something yeah. yeah they're gonna attempt to play a round if they can yeah, just I, play. so he's wondering if it's gonna happen i don't know <laughs> i i actually haven't backed this yet and i probably yeah. should i was thinking like i don't feel like i need more monsters and these feel like complex monsters and i was i was watching sly flourish and he was like i don't he's like james intricasso is my be- one of my best friends he's an excellent <laughs> designer but like I don't want uh, complicated monsters. And I'm like, you're right. I don't either. Cause I forget what spells they have. Like which kobold is that? Is that the kobold that can spit fire or is that the kobold that explodes when it dies? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but man, the art's cool. And like the idea behind it is cool. So, but I don't know if I need another put, monster book. I just don't know. Yeah. You say that and you put the kobold with the backpack that had a million things that it could do. Exactly. That's adventure. also a complicated monster. Does <laughs> it need to be more complicated? Monster. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's not just a normal cobalt. You totally complicated that. <laughs> um, well, that's straight up fifth edition. I didn't even make that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're right. I don't know. Like, that's where monster design is heading with Morden Kane and Tome of Foes that comes out next week. Yeah. Uh, like, all of that is like a way to make monsters simpler to run. Because your players That's very, very much know the, all of their abilities. And when you have, like, seven or eight monsters and you're like, uh, do I have a legendary resist? What is? Oh, this mm. guy's immune to petrification. Like, I did a whole game where they were stunning striking the monster. And then I found out after we finished that the monster was immune to stun. And it's, right. I don't know, I just want, I want to know mm. that it's clear and it's... Fights could be difficult, like well, especially the in the like, teens, you know? Yeah. Or if you have the spell list, you have 12 spells, and they put in 10 that you really wouldn't even use exactly. at all. <laughs> so they're just in the way. Um, and then you're and trying I'm to wondering if this will play. be a, a similar thing. But for certain players, not. it's kind of nice to know, like, this monster will always do this. 
this monster will always run if this, you know, they need that kind of what if then statements of a fight to help them DM. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think I think they have talked about one of the de- design philosophies and it's we'll have to see if they actually follow it is that not only are they adding the abilities to the creatures to make them different than just a basic but they are looking at streamlining how you run them in the combat. So hopefully they do keep that in mind and they don't get crazy and it becomes yeah. really hard for a DM to track. But um, I've noticed too, if you look at a lot of the Kickstarters that have been out in the last couple months that are either getting announced or just started happening or are about to happen, they all seem to be monster books also. There's a lot of third-party people doing uh-huh. more monster books. So it's like everybody decided it's time to do a D&D 5e monster book. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've seen a bunch of them out there. So you'll have plenty to choose from. I, too, am probably going to do my pledge today. Um, the other cool I think thing, I also want to get a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, the other, the other cool thing is if you're, if you're on the fence like me, um, uh, you can totally pledge at a dollar. Yeah. And then you're in their backer kit. So later on, you can add things like, oh, I, I really want that shirt or that enamel pin. And you mm-hmm. know what? Now I think I just want the PDF. So if you yeah. at least pledge a dollar, you can get in that um, and then finalize your thing later. Like you don't actually have to. So, and yeah. what do you said about releasing? They're going to do the they're creating these in batches and they're going to release them as they get them done. You are not going to have to wait till the book is printed to get these monsters to put into your campaign. Oh, I didn't know about that. So you're going to get batches and batches and batches of them as they go that you're going to be able to add to your campaign long before you get the printed book in front of you. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And there's a there's a primer out there right now of 10, right? They, They yeah, they have 10 of them out there. So if you probably another good way to see is this something I want because they're probably going to do more of what that is. You can go look right now and see what, what they've done with 10 of them. And if that's kind of your jam, then you know you can get more jam. If that's not your jam, you just want the peanut butter, then you go find you know, <laughs> peanut butter somewhere else. <laughs> that's so, fun. I don't 48 know. 48 hours to go. Yep. 1.8 million though. We've been talking about Kickstarters and how big they've been in the last... He's still going strong. MCDM is always running huge. This is his money most, making. This is his biggest one yet, right? Like, yeah, and they pared it down. He didn't even put like he said we we didn't do the thing that we did before where we guesstimated shipping. So shipping's not even in this one, which inflated the original right. one. Yeah. Whereas this one's not that because um, you'll still shipping will be after that. So it's like, yeah, he's still they're running like gangbusters right now out there for um, for their. Stuff. And it's good. I love their content. I'm glad it helps them keep their company moving forward and, and growing. Um, and I always like the stuff I get. Yeah, it's of, it's a dream job for James. Um, and, and I agree. He yeah. is a really good uh, designer and yeah. uh, just has has done a lot of really awesome stuff. And I think this is a great fit for him. Uh, you know, we, we have some of these designers on the show, like, like Celeste Conowich and stuff. And mm-hmm. there was a part of me that they were all, all of them were chasing that dream job at Wizards. And mm-hmm. there is, and I don't, I don't mean them ill will when I say this. I think it, it actually is better that Wizards didn't hire them because they're able to do cooler, more unique stuff away from that company. Like yeah. the stuff that James can do <clears throat> with 
uh, Matt and talk directly mm-hmm. to Matt. And Matt just says, that's dope. Let's do it. Yeah. Like that. You, you don't get beast master. Yeah. Wizards. Uh, you don't get the beast heart. You don't get things like that. Yeah. Like wizards would have to be like, well, we have to talk about the ramifications of blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's in how does this, you know, it's like, we just want to make cool stuff. And, and I feel like <clears throat> Celeste is the same way. Like she got hired at yeah. 2C gaming and they're just like, what do you want to do? And she's like, uh, venture maiden book. And they made this cool really stuff. dope book. That's still not out yet, but it's close. Um, <laughs> And so I wish my friends well. I think yes. I think I, I I have been in that situation where you don't get your dream job, and then maybe like five years later you look back and you're like, that was probably the best thing to not get that job. But you know, yeah. um, I also wanted to point out Monty Cook's Old Gods of Appalachia is at yeah. 1.5 million, which I think is one of the highest for a Monty Cook Kickstarter. Yeah, this one came out of um, really nowhere for me. And it it apparently is a podcast, a horror Lovecraftian podcast set in the Appalachian Mountains um, back in like Old West times. Yeah, sounds awesome. That was popular enough that they're adapting it into this. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know much about it, but like the art looks really cool. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Monty Cook fan. Obviously, we both are that I, I wanted to highlight that we don't have to go super mm-hmm. into it, but it's ending in like six days or so. Yeah. I, I'm a huge justified fan. So if you watch the show justified, I want to play a U.S. Marshal in the Appalachians in the hollers. <laughs> That'd be just a great, I, and I love the idea that you're going to add in Cthulhu or something like that, you know, oh my God. So good. Um, so yeah, it seems like Kickstarters are still banging pretty good. They're still going pretty well. I've seen, um, a bunch of them out there so there's plenty to stay informed on one of the things uh for our paizo fans out there i know you guys have a few of you in chat that love to hear some stuff it was a pretty big announcement for this may seems to be pretty big as we get out of april getting into um the starfinder drift crisis i thought you might be interested in this because this is almost like the spell plague oh. so if you were doing if you were doing your lore thing with Starfinder, I think you'd be really hyped right now because it's like one of those big cataclysmic world, universe, multiverse changing things for that setting for the Starfinder thing. Yeah. Where the faster than light travel has suddenly disappeared or is not oh, that's working cool. the way it's supposed to or and and everything is about, oh my God, what's what happens now in a yeah. universe that's connected by there's a giant that ship stuff. that is stuck sideways in the Suez light speed canal. Yeah. And all the supply chains are broken. Everything is broken. You can play your Suez Canal campaign right now. So I thought that'd be kind of cool. I don't know too much about it because I haven't been in much of their lore, but it sounds like one of those cool, we're going to shake everything up. We're spell play. We're going to really mess with magic for a bit until we'll have an adventure that maybe fixes it later. But for now, things are going to be crazy, you know, and things are going to (laughs) be wild. (laughs) So I kind of like that idea. Some of the other things they announced um, were... uh, the Book of the Dead looks really good. This book I, people has have been me talking really about that. Yeah. into wanting to get into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And I think the big thing is um, I'm still waiting on a great character generator. I'm waiting for Nexus to kind of get its get its thing together so that I can go out and create Pathfinder characters. I know that'll be the, the thing that triggers me being able to just, I want to run pathfinder second e games i'll learn more about it i'll i think you just need to dive it. in now you're you're know, you're but, you're putting this limitation on it for no reason but i want to go buy this book like today i'm going to drive down to the the game store today and probably you should book and read it because if it, it looks if so anything good. you could steal stuff for your five yeah, games. For sure. like it looks cool for sure. 
Yeah, Book of the um, Dead. What what is it about though? Like tell us. All of the dead. They wanted to bring all of the things they've done with the dead in their monster books and more stuff, but really expand on it. Um just give you all more around the undead of the mm-hmm. Pathfinder second edition world as it stands. I like that they and do it's... these pocket editions that you can like. Yeah. I have the pocket edition game master's guide and it's, yeah. it's good. They've kind of previewed the first couple of chapters, but they've kind of kept the rest um, under, under lock and key at this point. So like, I think chapter one is prayers of the living. Oh, and it'll also not only be monster. It's not just like a monster book, but it's like, I think they bring in the necromancer archetype so you can play a necromancer. I think they have like, there might be an adventure in there. There's something about vampire companions you can have. So there's like, they're adding like a whole range of stuff undead, whether it's character options, whether it's campaign options, whether it's monster options for you know dungeon masters, game masters, that kind of thing. It sounds like a very inclusive book with a lot of stuff in it. Just and the artwork looks fantastic. Um, the other things I saw that they were releasing is Outlaws of Alkenstar, which is the uh, kind of their Pathfinder Adventure Path punks in powder keg this kind of leads into their book that was before it was like the gun the gears and guns book you know it was like all this mechanics and gunpowders and explosions and stuff and they really brought that into the game just recently and i think this kind of path mm-hmm. uh adventure path kind of leads into really diving into that they they also have something that was kind of cool they call it a pathfinder gun deck which are printed cards of artwork of different guns that would fit in the world to give you like some more options equipment wise. Oh, cool. Some more ideas of what things look like, some more ideas to maybe pass out as, as loot and treasure and stuff like that, I think. Another one I saw was the Gears deck. This, so this is all the kind of the mechanical stuff they were building. and they So you have all the stuff that comes in those books, the, the Guns and Gears book that gave you all those ideas, but then they follow it up with like an art pack or a card pack that has, you know, guns and stats and artwork on it to further inspire you. Not just here's the book and we're done and we're moving on. Here's these packs of, and I don't even know how many were in there, but I don't know, a hundred new. Yeah, so it's illustrations and statistics for over a hundred new firearms and related equipment found in Pathfinder guns and gears. And the same thing with the gear deck. I thought that's a cool idea. That's something that wizard's not doing that. I mean, Paizo's doing some really creative stuff that I think maybe a lot of us are missing if you're only sticking to one one tabletop RPG. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of the Pathfinder Society stuff is coming out and then even more Starfinder um, adventures um, that you can get. And then they were doing their flip maps, which seems like everybody's putting out the flip maps. We saw that announced with um, Wizards of the Coast 2. They were putting out those campaign cases, they were calling them. And they had the flip maps and the stickered, you know, kind of um, figures and stuff. It looks like everybody wants to put out their own kind of flip map um, accessories that you can pick up and run with your games. Um, so those are all cool things. So if you're you're a Starfinder fan, there's a lot, or Starfinder, Pathfinder fan, a Paizo fan, mm-hmm. definitely two. Uh, it sounds like May is a nice big month for you to get a lot of cool stuff for your games and stuff if you're into it. Mm. So let us know in the comments the stuff you're buying, what you liked, what you're looking forward to in your Pathfinder and Starfinder games. That so you're playing. I just did a quick Google and I found a site called pathbuilder2e.com that I put in our uh, host. So chat. I can build a character? Uh, yeah, apparently <laughs> it's you, a character George. builder. Like, Thank I don't you, know. George. Like, what are you waiting for? Go build a character, <laughs> fool. Get I'm out gonna of here. do it today. You put it in our chat. It's gonna happen today. So 
uh, I have I don't know if that's a good website or not, but it looks like there's an Android app too, so that's kind of cool. That is cool. Should check that out. So that is my Paizo news. Um, looks like you had one yeah. more piece there. I didn't know if you want to get to it or if we're going to talk about games. Um, yeah, Brindle. So there's another Kickstarter. I like to cover some of the smaller Kickstarters that I find are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say smaller. They wanted to raise ten thousand. They're currently at one hundred and eighty-seven thousand. So oh, they're okay, they're good. Yeah. Thirty days to go. <laughs> they're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this is called Brindlewood Bay cozy murder mystery rpg and i like interesting little rpgs like this uh it feels kind of like kids on bikes kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um but in kids on bikes where your kids in the 80s brindlewood bay is uh a common it says it's a combination of murder she wrote and hp lovecraft so you play elderly women who are out to solve like murders and mysteries within your like new england town which is just a funny trope um Mm -hmm. And I, I thought this was a, a clever, creative game. The uh, the art is really cute. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I don't know anything else about it other than I think I'm going to back it because it just looks really uh, unique and interesting. And I like I like the idea of it, that you're these old women that are out to solve a murder. <laughs> and there might be a giant tentacle face monster. So who knows? <laughs> Very cool. I have hit the button. It is official. I have pledged Flea Mortals. The Golden Girls versus Cthulhu, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened. The button has been pushed. I am number, I don't know, there's probably like, uh, doesn't it usually tell you? Your number, whatever. Oh, yeah, 2,634 people plus you. So I'm 23,635 people. That was me. So just so you know. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Soltron42 said that the D&D Beyond Heroes of the Multiverse game that I didn't oh, catch, yeah. but that came out, that they're previewing the rules. And so sitting in the chair uh, with the, the helm, uh, that you use the helm to kind of phase from wild space to the astral sea is what, uh-huh. uh, if I'm reading you correctly, Soltron42. Uh, so that's cool, actually. So you kind of like you get to the edge of regular space and you're like, well, here's the infinite nothing. And that's when you will like almost, I guess, like hyperspace kind of like like you would jump in Star Wars or or warp speed or something. But that actually mm-hmm. takes you to the astral plane and that's where you're going to navigate. So uh, that's Very interesting. Interesting. Um, Lots of I, good ones out there. I, I started a, a game I was going to talk about last week, but we were too busy, too. But uh DM Nathan's running a black company game and I'm a level five artificer with dual wands that are shaped like guns. I have these wooden gun wands and my name is sticks because I've got sticks and I just go like pew 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 and I've been having we've only played once but it was so much fun. I was like I did not think I would enjoy this character as much as I have. (laughs) So that's that's all I'll say about that. I'll I'll bring up more later as we play. So good. Black Company is so good. I really, I keep saying this, but I want DM Nathan on so we can talk about Black Company campaign. For well, sure. yeah, because I could do a whole show on it, <laughs> an entire hour on Black Company. My favorite. Maybe Glenn, it'll be a Saturday morning D and D show at night or something. We'll, yeah, Glenn we'll have Black Cook Company wrote the, the episode. If you only read the first one, you could put the rest down. You don't have to go read the other ones. Read just the. That Black is also Company, on my reading number list. Number one. I've, that's my it. Kindle is so full of books I have Ooh. not touched. <laughs> I have read that thing five different times. I love it so much. I love it. So good. 
Also, Silver Spike's good too, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as playing, uh, I'll just leave mine. We ain't got too much time here. Dungeon of the Mad Mage, we did play. Um, we had a good time. I think we're nearing the end of the drow levels, maybe, because we've, we've ransacked our way through several levels of them. Mm. And we decided, just on a whim, to start a troglodyte nation under water deep and we are that spending won't, that a lot won't of haunt you later on <laughs> no yeah yeah we've made a treaty with them we've uh decided to give we had had a circlet of intellect and we're giving it to the leader yes. of the troglodyte tribe yes. to allow them to no longer be oppressed by the drow houses that have been oppressing them and using them as cannon fodder for their wars and their battles mm-hmm. and just you know typically being um, terrible to these troglodytes. And uh, so we've saved them. We've reinforced where they live. We're going to help them. And so this idea in our heads, we were laughing because our dungeon master was doing the facepalm the entire time, is that we're starting basically like like you're saying, the uprising of where troglodytes just swarm out of the sewers of Waterdeep yeah. and take over. Just, just you know, because apparently they... They breed quickly, <laughs> so this—if you encourage the, you know, something that breeds quickly, it could get out of control very quickly. But we're like, hey, we're Ack Inc. and they're with us, so that's good as long as it's out of control for other instead people. Instead of uh, other people's problems. boy, that that next episode, <laughs> uh, instead of troubles with tribbles, it's troubles with yes. troglodytes. It's going to be great. Yes. So that it was fun. We had a lot of fun, you know, goofing around. We were given them magic items and we started training montages so they could learn to fight. I mean, we just went ham on it and, uh-huh. and our, you know, Danimal kind of let us do it. But, uh, and we're like, yeah, this will never bite us in the, in the butt later on. I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> so that's been fun, but it looks like we're about to head down to our next level, which would be pretty cool. Um, we're getting there. We, I think we're officially halfway through what the module has written. I think our Dungeon Master has said, so we're definitely working on the second half of Dungeon the Mad Mage. I don't know how many people can say that. I'm working towards my campaign badge, so you better get it ready for me there, Jordan, because I'm going to have (laughs) Dungeon of the Mad Mage campaign badge. Um, I am going to complete it. (laughs) I do need to to get on that. Uh, That'd be be a cool badge. You'd You'd be really happy. I did see a company, I think, called Campaign Badges. I haven't gone to their site yet, but I'm yeah. over and look at it. Beetle and might, Grimm started making that. coins. I think it's going to be the yeah. next thing. So Yeah, it could be cool. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's cool. our show, ladies and gentlemen. I We will be we will be off next week. No show, as we're both no out of town. No show next week. Um, but we'll be back uh, mid-May, so like May 14th, I guess, um, yeah. to talk about probably Morden Kanan's, uh Monsters of the Multiverse that's going to come out. I've reserved mm-hmm. my copy. It should be here um, the day it's released. And that is all she wrote. All the murder yeah. she wrote. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. That's mid-May, start of the summer. Things are getting exciting. We'll be back. Higher energy in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. More voices, louder voices. We'll be great. It's going to be good. Don't miss it. (laughs) Don't miss it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. We will see you next time uh, in two weeks for another episode of the Saturday Morning Geeky Show. Bye.